as customary at the end of my week on the podcast, and I'm bringing this tradition back for this edition, here's some unfinished business. I have been advertising my book, Tales from the Road to Christmas, as my featured book for the holiday season, and it is. But there is something that I had said in the course of advertising this book that has been wrong all along, and I wanted to clarify this right here and now. The photo album that I have inside the book is not of Worlds of Fun Fan Fest. They have not had Fan Fest. I have said Fan Fest maybe three or four times in trying to advertise this particular book. The fest that I have featured and I've had the photo album of in the book Tales from the Road to Christmas, is Winter Fest. I had my first one a couple of years ago, and it was a lot of fun. The pictures are of Worlds of Fun Winterfest. So that way, I wanted to make sure I had that part right. Enough for unfinished business. On with the show. It is true that Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. Occasionally, certain things happen during the season that make things memorable for good reasons and for the reasons that tend to drive you up the wall. Which was the basis of the epilogue chapter that I wrote from my book. I quoted part of it in part one of this series, The Same Thing Happens Every Year, and I'm going to quote the second half for this one. And and I have some other plans for this particular portion that I'm going to talk about regarding Christmas Eve, and we'll get to that as we go along on this edition of the New Directions podcast. Part two of The Same Thing Happens Every Year, and oh yeah... Song number two on my favorites list. I've promised you that. You're going to get that one too. We're going to start everything next. The New Directions podcast now has its own Facebook page. And thank you very much to those of you who have been able to visit my page up to now. I update the story on it every single day. And I try to put in links to past editions of this show. I talk about what may be an upcoming subject and sometimes will end up being an upcoming subject. I mention in Kansas City Magazine, our friends at Fox 4, of course, I put a lot into this particular in this particular page. So when you get a chance and you're on social media, please pay a visit to the New Directions podcast on Facebook. It's at the New Directions at RKC70. Check it out, and I believe you'll be glad that you did. Churches are very good at bringing the main story of Christmas to the forefront. And I've been involved over the course of my life in several 
Christmas programs that were very successful. But at times, the practices that you'd be a part of would make you more nervous than I think God wants us to be at this time of the year. Let me give you kind of a case. Let me first of all read this, you know it's Christmas when thought, and then I'll get into a little more of what I'm talking about. You know it's Christmas when church choir members who have participated in programs for years still get nervous before they sing. The directors aren't immune either. In 1999, I took part in my former churches, and I believe at that time they were still the Festival of Nine, Le- Nine Lessons and Carols. It was a fancy cantata program, a series of songs, of course. And I was singing along with, my mother and I, that is, were singing along with other members who have been a part of these pra- these programs longer than I've been alive, I know. But yet, they're letting themselves get stressed out. And, I, and I'm not saying this to poke fun at anybody or to make anybody upset. I'm not trying to do that at all. What I'm trying to do is point out that Christmas, in addition to being the warm, most wonderful time of the year, it's also the most stressful, and sometimes it's stressful for all the wrong reasons, especially when you deal with Christmas music. Now, getting back to the story in 1999, a group was getting together to sing this, sing the cantata. And at the point of processional, people were so nervous about this processional that they were wondering which hand they were supposed to hold their hymn books in. They wanted everything to be normal. Why? The one perfect Christmas that I'm aware of the most is the one where Jesus was born in the stable in Bethlehem. Not every Christmas is going to end up the same way. No question about that. But it's upsetting to me personally when I see how people approach this. And I never understood why people treated programs like that as if they were life and death. Jesus didn't want us to do that. He wanted us to celebrate his birthday. But oftentimes we, and I'll throw me into the mix because I'm guilty too, we tend to get caught up in the stress. This year, in my case, of course, with my surgery and everything, I'm trying to get a late start and enjoy this a little bit more. It hasn't been easy to do that either, but it was a lot of fun this morning. And... I might have been caught up a little bit too because 
the song Yezu Joy of Man's Desiring, I'm going to be playing for Christmas Eve at our new church in the, in the North Kansas City area. I've played it before, and I had a chance to try it out this morning. It was a lot of fun. And I have to admit, I found myself at ease. Now, getting back to the directors, directors get caught up in the program preparation as well. Now, they want it to go without a hitch. They want the programs to go without a hitch. And I don't blame them for that at all. It's just sometimes the stress of the music gets to them, too. In 2005... I was in charge of a group of people that I had taught how to play guitar at the church I was going to at the time in KCK. Was I nervous? Sure. It happens. And once again, I'm not saying it's good, bad, or indifferent. I'm saying that it happens. But every single one of the people that I taught guitar at that time, and this was again 2005, did a very good job. And I'm proud of each and every one of them. And I hope ever since then they've been on they've been able to go on to bigger and better things as a result. And if I made a difference, I hope I did. And I'm not going to come out and be somebody that's so egotistic and say, oh yeah, I helped shape lives. No. I'm not gonna do that. But I take pride in the fact that I was able to work with them. I went to a practice this morning, Galen and I, that is, at our new church in Gladstone. And I felt relaxed and I felt at ease. I wasn't totally sure I was getting the parts right. We're going to have another rehearsal Monday. But... I felt like we were at home. And Christmas Eve up there, I'm looking forward to. I think it's going to be great. We'll get to Christmas Eve soon enough. I guess my point is, and that's what led me once again to this phrase. You know it's Christmas when church choir members who have participated in programs for years still get nervous before they sing. And the directors aren't immune either. They want to make it right. They care. There is nothing wrong with that. But eternal God, our Father, I pray that we all may find that way of relaxing in some form or other. Which brings me to the next one. You know it's Christmas when the unexpected memories happen and you feel like this season is the best Christmas ever. I mentioned earlier this season about the get-together that I had in 1990 with the Johnson County Chorus. Everybody gathered around the director's piano and we all just sang Christmas songs for one afternoon. We did not plan it in any way, shape, or form. But it was one of those times where to heck with the hustle and bustle, the heck with the preparations to heck with the stress. We took the time to enjoy Christmas. And this was one of those times that 
one of those times that really helped us all open our eyes to, to the way that the Christmas season, not just shopping season, Christmas season should be. We need to let ourselves do that more. And I really don't think that we are. And again, when I say we, bring the hands back to me, folks, because I'm doing it too. You know it's Christmas when, at long last, and I put that in capital letters, at long last, there is peace on earth and goodwill to all. I'm going to read that entire epilogue as a part of the Christmas Eve edition of this show. I want it to flow and I want I want us to feel what the season even with all the stress and all the hustle and bustle and all the shopping and trying to find the right gift and all that kind of stuff in between. I want us to really be able to know Christmas the way it should have been known a long time ago. And I'm not saying give up the rest. I'm not saying that at all. But what I am saying is give us all what a lot of the Christmas songs want us to have. And that's peace on earth.
A week from today will be the Christmas Eve edition of this podcast. And as a part of it, in addition to me playing the number one song on my favorites list for this year, I would like to suggest people that would listen to this to share any Christmas memories, any Christmas good times that you've had with me over the course of this show. It doesn't matter how far back it goes. You can even talk about some that are looking ahead. I want to extend this on Christmas Eve. So if you have anything you'd like to share as far as Christmas is concerned, please call me on my cell phone number, which will be available on my main, on my main Facebook page. Let's have some fun this upcoming Christmas Eve, and I hope you can join me then. I want to take a moment to thank you, those of you that were able to vote on my podcast opinion poll as to which song between White Christmas and Silent Night ought to be number two, with the other being number one. I respect the opinions. I really do, because both of these songs are classics. But in the last few days, I got to thinking quite a bit about how memories behind these two songs stood out for me. And that figured into how I ended up setting up these last two songs. So with that in mind, and I'm going to use, again, my book Tales from the Road to Christmas to kind of help illustrate it. I had a chance in my first ever Road to Christmas in 2007 to pay a visit to Sprint Center. And I experienced, for the first time ever, the Christmas world of Mannheim Steamroller. Walking into Sprint Center felt like I was walking through a time machine. There was a Toyland-style community set up across from where the group would share their Christmas concert that night. And in the seats, there were programs with their planned set list. And their show is very definitely full-scale Christmas from start to finish. As I heard the song that ended up ends up that's going to be number two for this year, the Toyland automatically lit up, and it was a beautiful sight to see. At one point in in this in the version of this particular song, they made me feel like a kid. I felt like I was in the middle of a Christmas paradise. And their version of this particular song brought me to that paradise very, very easily. Before I get into this song, let me say it's thank you for joining me for this edition of the New Directions podcast. Make sure you join me for Christmas Eve. It will probably be a little before, if not a little after, 12 noon when I come on with this special edition. And I want your help to really make that edition special. I would really appreciate having you on. Make sure you join me on Christmas Eve for that. We'll see you on the radio on that particular day. Until then, I leave you 
with a song that made number two on my favorites list for this year. This is Mannheim Steamroller's version of White Christmas. <laughs> 